3-1 pitch, swing and a drive, deep to right field, way up there, way out of here, goodbye baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Welcome back to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill back with you. Thanks for being here once again. Mariners fall two of three to the Texas Rangers over the weekend. We'll go through it quickly. I'm on the move today, so I have less time than normal. So this first part of the podcast is going to be uh, fairly quick. And then coming up, some good stuff on the way. Mariners had the draft Kyle Lewis was in town over the weekend. We're going to hear what Jerry DePoto has to say about their first-round pick. We'll also hear from Kyle Lewis coming up in a few minutes. The week that was will be on this podcast as well. And former Mariner, I really enjoyed this conversation. And for those of you that have been a Mariners fan for a long time, I think this conversation will bring a smile to your face. I had a chance to sit down with Spike Owen, who's on the Texas Rangers coaching staff. Former Mariners shortstop. I think it's a conversation you'll enjoy. We have a ton of stuff the next few days on the podcast, so I think you'll really enjoy it. Tomorrow, we'll break down uh, what is coming up for the Mariners. Off day to day, so no baseball. And then a big 10-day road trip, so we'll talk about that and we'll dive into that coming up on the podcast tomorrow. A ton of stuff on the podcast tomorrow as well. So first things first, the weekend started great. Friday night was spectacular, including Day Holy. The payoff pitch. Swing and a high fly ball, deep left center field. Desmond back to the track to the wall. Leaps up. Goodbye baseball. Day Holy with number nine. Holy smokes out to the pen in left center field. And the Mariners have just taken a one-nothing lead over the Rangers here in the bottom of the second. Pitch swing and a drive deep into the gap. Left center field. Desmond on the run. Goodbye baseball. Day Ho does it again. A three-run shot to left center field. It's the Mariners four. Rangers one. And for Day Ho lead, his second home run of the ball game. And the Mariners have just tied a major league record. That is four consecutive games with a multi-home run game by a hitter. Holy smokes. Dayhole lead, two home runs tonight. And some baseball history for the Mariners. The fourth straight game, a different player hit two or more home runs in a ball game. And that's the first time that's ever happened in the big leagues. Four straight games, the Mariners do it. The Mariners off and rolling. They win game one of the series. And then game two of the series on Saturday, one big swing of the bat by Adam Lind. Swing and a fly ball deep into the gap. Left center field. Rua going back, looking up. Goodbye baseball. Adam Lind with an opposite field home run into the Mariner bullpen. His eighth home run of the year. The Mariners are on the board first. They lead it one to nothing on the home run by Adam Lenny. Touches home, and the Mariners have a one nothing lead. How about that? And it looked like it was going to be enough. One strike away from winning the series, 
pulling to within two games of the Rangers, but then Prince Fielder got into one, drove one out with two strikes on him. He ties the game. Texas wins in 11 innings. Heartbreak on Saturday for the Mariners, and what made it the most difficult, you knew on Sunday Cole Hamels was waiting, one of the best pitchers in the American League, and he was great against the Mariners. Ems made a charge back late in the ball game, but another heartbreaking ending on Saturday, on Sunday. Here's the pitch. Swung on, line drive down the right field line. A fair ball in toward the corner. Here comes Marte on to score from third. Cano to second. The throw by Mazzara. And out at second base is Cano. And the ball game is over. Nomar Mazzara from the right field corner threw a laser right to the shortstop Elvis Andrews in time to get Robbie Cano for the final out of the ball game and the Texas Rangers win it this afternoon a final score of six to four. So a difficult weekend for the M's and really when you combine the two previous weekends the Rangers end up 5-1 and one against the Mariners in those two games, so the Mar- uh, those two series. So the Mariners, some work to do to try and get back to the top, and we'll start on the road, and we'll talk about that in the podcast tomorrow. Right now, though, Kyle Lewis was in town over the weekend, Mariners' first-round pick. Here's what Jerry DePoto had to say about the Mariners' first-round pick. This is a, a dream scenario for Mac. Yeah, he worked really hard on this, and he started to tell the story, but he came into my office in Peoria in March uh, after just coming back from seeing Kyle Lewis, and he said, Jerry, I, I just got back from seeing a kid at Mercer. And I said, Mercer? And he said, yeah, Mercer. He said, this kid, yeah. he, said he might be the best player in the country. And, and he started rolling through him, and he said, he's not going to be there, and just dejectedly put his head down and started to walk out. And I, I said, Mac, the draft's a funny thing. And, uh, you know, it, so for it to end the way it has today, and, you know, we feel like Kyle has, has tremendous upside. The, the physical ability, the bat speed, the power. He's performed everywhere he's been. He hit in the Cape, which is, is a, usually a harbinger of good things. But, you know, most importantly, that borrow of an old Pat Gillick adage that, you know, you, you scout the player and you sign the person. We're really comfortable with the person that we drafted in both cases, in, in both Kyle Lewis and Joe Rizzo. Did you see Lewis? No. How excited were you for this first pick, though, just to have a, your draft pick, you know, your first uh, This one. is why you don't sign the big free agent. Yeah. So you get the chance to take, you know, Kyle Lewis with the 11th pick. And, you know, sometimes it's different. Sometimes your major league circumstances dictate that you do uh, head into the, the high end of the free agent market. But most organizations that are doing it the right way are going to build from the ground up and can, and can build a pipeline of players that are feeding the major league club. And, and hopefully today we got two more. You've talked about the controlling the zone thing. It sounds like these two guys are guys that Got to come with that. Yeah, they do. You know, I mean, both of them have shown a predisposition to get in, getting into good counts, be, uh, the ability to do damage. And Mac hit on it with Joe Rizzo. We felt like he was among the, if not the most advanced hitter in the in the high school ranks this year. A really good swing, knows how to hit, and, and really knows how to execute in the bat. Kyle, you're getting a little bit. You're going to have to live with a few more strikeouts to get to the power. And but he does take his walks. And if you if you combine athleticism, the ability to play center field, then by definition that means moving to a corner speed. Pretty simple for the guy. And you know he throws well. He runs average to plus. He's uh, yeah, he's performed everywhere he's been. There's going to be a couple of strikeouts in there to get to the power. But the rest of it, we feel very comfortable with. And here's a conversation I had with Kyle Lewis. I simply started by asking him, how does it feel to officially be part of the organization? It's an unbelievable feeling, you know, something I always dreamed of as a kid. And so for me, you know, being able to sign on and go ahead and finalize that 
and get my name really, you know, penciled in as a member of the Mariners organization is huge for me, and it's just something that I'll always cherish. It's really an amazing journey for you. You weren't drafted out of high school, and here you are drafted in the first round of the Major League Baseball draft. What happened in between that time to now to get you to be a first-round pick? Countless hours of work. I mean, <laughs> uh, that's, the, that's the secret formula for me is just working and just trying to apply myself, trying to learn, you know, where my weaknesses are and how I can improve on those. And so for me, that's been the biggest thing is just honing in on what, what, what am I good at, what am I not good at, and how, how can I get better at my weaknesses. And for me, that's helped a lot. For the people that haven't seen you play, how would you describe yourself as a player? I describe myself as, you know, a complete player. I think that I, you know, I'm an impact player, both, you know, offensively and defensively. I think that I provide an asset on both both sides of the ball. And, and for me, you know, I pride myself in doing that, you know, not having any weaknesses, being able to contribute as, as well as I can. So for me, you know, trying to hit for a high average, you know, as well as hit for power. And then, you know, defensively playing air-free baseball, I try to pride myself on that. What do you like to play? Center field. Center field is my position. I think that's where I'm comfortable and, uh, you know, that's my home. Is there any player that you looked up to the most growing up? Uh, uh, growing up, you know, as a, as a real, real youngster, I liked Chipper Jones a lot. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as I got a little older, I watched some Adam Jones videos. I think in high school I used to watch a lot of Adam Jones videos. So those are probably the main two guys I watched a lot of coming up. We're visiting with Mariners first-round pick Kyle Lewis. When did you think this would become a possibility as you were playing as a kid? When did you think this could happen, you could become a professional baseball player? Uh, for me, you know, I think that, you know, as my senior year of high school developed, I started to have some success and uh, kind of felt like at that point I had the ability to, you know, take it to another level once I got to college. So that senior year of high school was probably the first time that I really started thinking about it. And, of course, you went to Mercer. First first-round pick out of Mercer. How much pride do you feel for that? Oh, tremendous amount. I always wanted – that was one of my goals was to come in, you know, and be a guy who, who changes the program or helps the program grow. So, for me, being able to come in here, be a first-rounder, be the first one in school history is, you know, something that, that nobody else can say. And so, for me, that's always big and putting the school on the map a little bit. And in terms of Mercer playing at a, a small college, how do you feel like that will prepare you for professional baseball playing college ball? Oh, tremendously. I think that, you know, my three years I was able to learn new things every year and get better. And so for me, I think that prepared me tremendously. I think that, you know, for, from a standpoint of growing up both on the field and, and just in general maturity, I think, you know, dealing with different situations in college life, you know, being on your own a little bit kind of kind of grows you up a little bit. So that's definitely helped me, you know, making this transition. You played a lot of basketball when you were a kid, right? When is the first time you really started playing baseball on almost a full-time basis or a year-round basis? Well, yeah, I played basketball all the way through high school. So I played baseball, travel ball, going into my senior year for the first time. And so for me, that was big. And I think that was probably the first year where I played the spring and the summer and then the fall. And so back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back season. So for me, going into my senior year was the first time that I you know, played full-time. And here we are sitting at Safeco Field. You're looking at, uh, at batting practice going on right now. You're going to take your batting practice in not too long from now. How excited are you to take the field here at Safeco Field? Oh, I'm pumped, man. I'm <laughs> pumped, man. I'm pumped that, you know, you dream of stuff like this. So for me, I'm just going to go out, you know, try to be myself and just soak in every second of it and, and have fun and hopefully... You know, I can uh, get to work and be back here soon. Absolutely. Great to see you. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And those longtime Mariner fans out there, I know you'll enjoy this conversation. 
Spike Owen. Well, now we get a chance to visit with a former Mariner shortstop, Spike Owen, now with the Texas Rangers. And first of all, let's talk about you now. You're born in Texas. You went to the University of Texas. What does it mean to you to be on the coaching staff back in the big leagues with the Texas Rangers? Oh, it's uh, a tremendous honor. It's You know, I grew up 45 minutes from here in Cleburne, uh, Texas, and so I used to come to Ranger games, you know, when I was in high school and even younger when my parents would bring us. So I've been a Ranger fan for a long time, and uh, to be coaching in the organization, even in the minor league level, uh, for, for many years now, and uh, to have this opportunity, I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun. Rangers are playing great baseball, obviously. What has been the key to the success so far in your mind? I, it's it's just a, a total team concept, and it you know uh, it, it starts with Banny and what what he instills, and then the leadership of the guys, the, the players. You know, Adrian Beltre is unbelievable. Uh, not only an unbelievable baseball player, but just a great teammate and a guy that's a leader in the clubhouse. And uh, you know, this is my first experience. Uh, seeing them play for several months because I would see them in big league camp but then I'd go out to the minor leagues and they generally love to play the game and they have fun you know no we're not perfect as no no, no team is and mistakes but they they seem to just really bounce back and overcome uh, whatever type of uh, mental or physical era and just keep playing keep playing till there's 27 outs so uh, you know, it's, it's been fun to watch them play. You were the starting shortstop for the Mariners for a number of years. When you think back to those days when you first broke in the big leagues, what do you think about playing with the Mariners? Well, my first day, uh, it was June 25th. You know, you don't forget that day in 1983. And uh, I was playing in Salt Lake City. And uh, Bobby Floyd was a manager, came to the apartment uh, before cell phones, right? <laughs> so you don't get a call, right? right, right. But it said that uh, I was going up. But I show up at the Kingdom, and Veda Pinson, who was our hitting coach, mm-hmm. uh, first guy I saw, and he said, congratulations, did you hear what happened? And I said, no, I have no idea what he's talking about. And uh uh, Latch got fired. Uh, Todd Cruz got released, and Gaylord Perry got released. He said, "Welcome to the big league." <laughs> so that was my first day, and um, you know, I was still excited, but there was, you know, my excitement, and then with all the turnover, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> but uh, I believe Dell Crandall took over. But uh, I mean, the first big league game and ever big league game since then was just. It's a dream come true. I mean, that's what every, every, you know, a lot of us as kids growing up wanted to play professional baseball and play in the big leagues. And so it was the start of, uh, you know, a, a very, I don't know, a, sometimes I have to pinch myself. You know, it's been so long ago that I finished in 95 was my last year. But to stick around as long as I did and, and to experience uh, the other teams as well, you know, I will say I was – think often 
about what we could have been if we could have kept our core group together, you know, with, with Harold and myself and Presley and Langston and Mike Moore and Alan Davis and Dave Henderson and on and on and on, you know. The, uh, I think we could have had a pretty good ball club. Yeah, because you look back at that time, there was a lot of talent on that team, a lot of good young talent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, and we were young. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and you understand, or I understand, you know, that you're looking to try to do something to, to win now or, 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 or whatever. But it's, that was, that was going to be a team from the outset that needed to have some patience because we were all so young. And, and in fact, you know, we could play, but, you know, we were also learning in the big leagues to a certain extent. You know, you play the game your whole life, but, you know, it's a whole different it's a whole different gear up here, you know, and the day in and day out grind and the, the pitching you're facing, every, you know, everything about it. And so uh, it would have been nice to see if we could have hung around a little bit more. But, uh, you know, I was, I, I was grateful from the sense that, you know, when I did get traded, I went to Boston. And without that, I would have never experienced playing in a World Series. And that was obviously a, a highlight of my career to be able to know what that's all about. Uh, obviously, didn't turn out the way <laughs> the way I wanted it or any of the Red Sox wanted it. But uh, you know, it was a, it was a great uh, great experience. And you mentioned Dave Henderson a moment ago. A tough off season for the Mariners family. Obviously, losing Dave Henderson. What do you remember about Hindu? His smile. His. Uh, his attitude, uh, he's like a kid playing the game. And that helped me so much because I was a you know young player and, and he helped me a lot. And I'm sure a lot of his ex-teammates can say that. But uh, I mean, to the fact that not just baseball, but, but uh, my wife and, and, and him and his wife in Seattle, we would go out and eat after games just the four of us uh, on certain occasions you know he'd have uh, stuff at his house for the team and I mean he was a great teammate and a just a easy going fun loving guy and 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 could play yeah. I mean absolutely could play but that seeing seeing how he performed and the fun that he had and and I did it. I mean, I, I think it rubbed off on on everybody. You know, you know, because it's a very uh, it's a very tough game. It's a it's a long grind, and it's a you're trying to stick around, or you're trying to make a living, and trying to make a career. And so, you know, every at bat, uh, every play, all this stuff. You know, if you can, sometimes if you let that start steamrolling in your brain and your mind, you know, then you lose sight of. Okay, it's just it's day to day, you know the old cliches, which it really is, and pitch to pitch, and you know when the, when today's gone, we'll come back at it tomorrow, and that's really the attitude he had. He, you know, he could have a have a bad game and punch out four times, and the next day, he's you know mm-hmm. smile on his face and let's go, and uh, so that that was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love the guy. And we, me and him were, you know, the ones traded to Boston. Yeah. So, 
<clears throat> together and uh, got to experience that together. So that was fun. And you had a great postseason when you went to Boston. And, of course, Hendu hit that home run. What was that moment like when he hit that home run off of Donnie Moore? Oh, man. It's like, <laughs> did this just happen? I mean, I mean, because, you know, I can still see from the dugout the swing. And, of course, we've seen the replay, you know, and how he went down and got that ball and how – and obviously, Hindu was a very strong, strong man. But you know, to be able to hit that pitch, you know, over the over the fence, and and uh, yeah, I mean, it was craziness. It was like yo, know, you know, I remember I mean, sitting, <clears throat> we were in Anaheim, and looking across the field and seeing them all on the top step, you know, with Gene Mock sitting right there, and you know, I mean, literally ready to run out on the field and. Uh, Hindu did what he did, and and next thing you know, the series is totally reversed. Because when we uh, after we won that game, uh, you know, we had to go back to Boston and win two more, and uh, we were extremely confident that it's going to be really hard to bounce back from that, and it turned out to be right. So, but we saw the, you know, we we we. We experienced the same thing in the World Series. It's just kind of a, you know, it's, kind of, it's strange, you know, how we're, we're one pitch away, and, you know, that's why baseball's so great. You never know. Well, that's really a great postseason uh, for both leagues, <clears throat> you know, because the Mets, uh, there's the Mets and the Astros, and us and them, and that was uh, really some good, some great baseball. Well, Spike, thanks a lot for the time. We really appreciate it. It's fun to share some memories. Absolutely. You bet. And now it's time for the week that was. This is the week that was. A look back on highlights and events of the Mariners past week. On Mariners Magazine. Here's the windup and the one-two pitch. Swing and a miss by Beltre for strike three, and that's going to retire the side. Seven strikeouts this afternoon for Hisashi Wakumi. He now has retired 12 in a row since Jerickson Profar's leadoff single in the bottom of the first. What an afternoon for Hisashi Wakuma, and that's it for the Rangers here in the fourth. One one to Napoli, swing and a miss, and a 100 mile an hour fastball from James Paxton, and the count goes to a ball and two strikes. Paxton is fired up. Man, does he look good right now? Um, I know we were able to scrape three against him, and because of Bauer, that was enough for the win. But when you got a guy who's from the left side who's up around 100 miles an hour through the seventh inning, that's not a fun pitcher to face, no matter how well you see him. Diaz comes set, the right-handers pitch, swing and a miss. What? is pitching with some flames coming out of that long right arm. No, I was too busy watching him strike our guys out. Um, I just thought that he had a tremendous arm, and I'm sure, you know, that he'll be a huge addition to their bullpen because it's kind of a wild card now. It's a guy that doesn't have a role but can come in and dominate a game. So I'm sure they're excited. The 1-1. Swing and a well-hit ball into center field. Davis going back, looking up, going, going. Goodbye, baseball. Nelson Cruz 
with his second home run of the night. One to left center. This one to straightaway center field. He now has 15 home runs on the year. 3-2 offer. Swing and a well-hit ball again to left field. This one not coming back. Goodbye baseball upper deck. Chris Ionetta into the upper deck about four rows back. His second home run of the night. Holy smokes. And it's now the Mariners three. Swing and a well-hit ball deep to right field. Going and going. Goodbye baseball. Robbie Cano does it again. His second home run of the ball game. Holy smokes about halfway up into the bleachers. The lower deck in right field. His 18th home run of the season. He hit number 17 to straightaway center. Back in the first. 1-1 pitch. Swing and a drive. Deep into the gap. Left center field. Desmond on the run. selection of the 2016 MLB draft, the Seattle Mariners select Kyle Lewis, an outfielder from Mercer University in Macon, Georgia. I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped that, you know, you dream of stuff like this. So for me, I'm just going to go out, you know, try to be myself and just soak in every second of it and, and have fun. And hopefully, you know, I can uh, get to work and be back here soon. 